Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 40, holy shit, 40. Frickin' 40. Of uh, There's No Place Like Tara, a Stargate first watch, rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today is season two, episode 17, Serpent Song. Holy farts, it's episode 40. Yeah. That's my AKA. That's my AKA, is that we've made this episode 40. You know, we had full intentions to, like, continue this to finish a series, and we definitely still do, and at this point we have yeah. full faith that we will, but when we started, we're like, <laughs> we'll maybe make season one. We're like, you know what, we'll do a few, it'll be fun, and yeah. then we'll get it out of our system. Yeah, no, we're like We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're loving this so much, we are going to finish all of this Stargate. This is definitely fun. I look forward to this every week, and I thank you guys for listening, or else, what would we be doing it for? We may have more energy right now, because normally we record in the evening, um, and for various reasons, including the Tonys tonight's um, Yes. Recording in the morning, so we have coffee. All the coffee. There's coffee is happening. We're getting what boyfriend Jesse likes to call it, Gremlin Grace. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, you've been fed after midnight. <laughs> this is about to be insane. Yeah, I made I made lattes this morning, so it's um yeah, we've caffeinated podcast today. Done and done. Um, but yeah, I could not find a great AKA for Serpent Song, so yeah. I, I I liked Holy Farts. It's forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this first blasted on the screen at the start of a new year, January sixth, nineteen ninety nine. Dun dun dun. King's Day like for those of you. <laughs> it is King's Day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Put your shoes out for those of you who know some of the Latin traditions. Put your shoes out and you get presents in them. That's all I got. This week we're directed, sorry, written by Catherine Powers, who we know. Directed by Peter DeLuise. I know that name. Yes. That is the name I know. Okay, yes. I'm going to let you finish. Uh, <laughs> of the DeLuise clan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to get to know him real well. He's directed 57 episodes of Stargate SG-1. I, did, I know him as TJ's brother from Gilmore Girls. Okay. TJ is also a DeLuise. I can't remember his first name. But he's... Was <laughs> it... Uh, was it... Michael or David? I think it's uh, David. I think it was okay. David. Okay. Yeah. Um, but TJ, if anybody knows, is uh, Luke's sister. Should I? No, just keep going. Uh, <laughs> Luke's <laughs> sister's boyfriend, TJ, whose real name is not TJ. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I cannot remember his real name right now. But that's how I know the Deloise. It's guys. early. So along with us having coffee, Kaylee's like, <laughs> pay attention. Yeah. Um, He's also, so Peter also directed 78 episodes of Stargate total Holy through SG-1 Atlantis Universe. Um, a lot of people know him for his acting because he's also acted a lot. He was Doug in 21 Jump Street, which I is think I think I where that. most yeah. people know him I from. Think I that one. If you're like me... You know him because of one of my favorite shows, oh, no. Sequest. Oh, crap. He was Dagwood in Sequest. I don't remember that. Also, fun fact <laughs> in Sequest, he got to start opposite his brother Michael, who played Piccolo. 
Jeeves. Yeah. You know what it is? It's probably when Sequest came out, the Deloises were everywhere. So yes. I just assumed that you needed one <laughs> to be on television. <laughs> like, where's your Deloise? Okay, yeah, your yeah, show's good. Exactly. You, know, you, get, you get a full season. Full season for you. Both of his, <laughs> both of his brothers and the legendary Dom Deloise, who's yep. their father, all guest star on Stargate at some point. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to this. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to scream TJ. Yeah. <laughs> also, he he has a a trend of being a cameo in almost every episode he directs, nice. just as a background player. He doesn't do it in this one. I looked, I watched, I'm pretty sure he doesn't do it in this one. His first one's coming up in like a second or third time directing. Okay. Got it. Um, but but yeah, he it's it's a fun game of spot spot, spot Peter the Deloise. spot the Deloise. <laughs> I'm for it. This will be fun. Deloise spotting with his own like Tara. Um, I love Peter Deloise. It's also the name of my new band, <laughs> Deloise spotting. Deloise spotting. <laughs> um, I love. Or it sounds like a Harry Potter character. It does. Deloise kind. spotting. Deloise spotting. Yeah, that could be a character like in a the new JK cursed Rowling, child yeah. play that's coming out. Um. But yeah, I absolutely adore him. I love when he see him direct. Uh, I love when I see him on screen. I love Dagwood with my whole heart. I want to rewatch Sequest. <laughs> we should totally have a talented cast on Sequest. I'm I'm okay with at that at some point because I, that show owns my heart. Um, I'm totally worth. It. Okay with that. Totally <laughs> so, okay with that. <laughs> coming back this week, few guest stars we know. Peter Williams playing Apophis and okay. J.R. Bourne playing Martooth. Martooth. We have a couple extra players in the Tokra bands, but we are kind of ignoring the backing band at this point. <laughs> um, so we start the episode with a space battle. That's right. That's a bit one-sided. Just a little. two pyramid ships are just firing at a fleeing death glider as it goes down. Yeah. That seems fair. Like yeah. a fair fight. We cut to uh, the generic desert planets that... All events happen in in Stargate, the Stargate <laughs> Tatooine, if you will, yeah. uh, and it's just SG One lounging. So is it Startooine? Star to Star to Ween. That's what we're calling. Star to Ween is also the name of my bar. Our Just naming shit all day long today, guys. Any desert planet we run across will now be Star to Ween. Um, but they're just lounging, in some cases literally sure. lounging, as if this is like the ancient Romans and, and yeah. Daniel is waiting for grapes yeah. to be brought to Don't him. Don't they grapes in my face. <laughs> face grapes. So they're just waiting for the Tok'ra, they think. <laughs> They're here based on some coordinates they got on the rate of frequency. They think it's the toke. They're just waiting. They're like, hello, is anybody here? We're just going to nap a little bit longer here. (laughs) And Teal'c is pacing back and forth. Because it's Teal'c. That's what Teal'c did. And he hits- I think that's how Teal'c lounges. Probably. Yeah, it's like a Teal'c lounge because my dad does something very similar and you're like, dude. You can't sit still? Sit, sit still. Yeah. This For- is- I'm calm. This is me cool. Yeah. I'm totally- this is the calmest I've ever been in my life. This is how I relax. By pacing and making crazy people. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Teal'c hears something and then he sees something. Something <laughs> up in the sky- it's it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's a death glider. It's probably not Superman either. <laughs> uh, and and Tilk, you should move. Yeah. And not literally just stand there as the death glider comes at you and There's explosions. A thing coming at me. Explosions happen in a straight line leading directly to you. You are you are badass, yeah. however. Yeah. Not that badass. All signs point to you should not stand there. Yeah. So don't stand there. Exactly. Um and so the Death Glider crashes. They go after it. 
There's no one in the cockpit, but nearby, crawling away, very injured, is Apophis. Nice. Not doing well. And holy buckets, according to Jack. <laughs> and then Apophis asks for help. Yeah, this is interesting because I was like, something weird's going on here. Yeah. Which is just the beginning of this episode. <laughs> but yeah. And then we have credits. Dun, dun, dun. So when we come back, um, Daniel has finally come in to check with the others. And he's like, is that who I think it is? Yeah. Dude, you've seen Apophis enough. You know yeah. what Apophis Nobody's looks like. Nobody's eyeliner is quite like Apophis's. <laughs> you yeah. know what you're looking at. Yeah. And Apophis asks the Tauri again. Uh, and Teal'c points his Zat gun. Sam says that he's worth much more alive than dead. And Teal'c stands down. That's fair. But that's a Zat gun. Yeah. It's not going to kill him if he only shoots him once. That's true. Shoot like, him so he's unconscious. Him? Yeah. That's what I would have been like. Well, I'm just shooting him one time anyway. Yeah. Just because it makes me feel good. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure Teal can have the restraint to not shoot him twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Apophis points behind them ominously, and there's a lot more Death Gliders on the way. Ominous pointing. That's and, another pen name. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oi. And they head back. <laughs> so they want, uh, they want the Death Gliders want Apophis alive, so they aren't firing at them, just around them. Right. And they head to the gate. Uh, Jack stays behind to fire a few more times at the Death Gliders, and we get this amazing backwards wormhole travel shot. Yes. Yeah, that was interesting. I was like, this is also new to me. That's, I, it's, it's one of two shots in this episode that um, was kind of a new visual language that I really okay. liked. Yeah. I think Peter brought it in. It was this one, and then there's the steady cam shot as we're running through the corridor okay. following the guards. I think that. I really like these two shots, but this backwards wormhole travel shot of Jack was really cool because, like, it's like the camera went through the gate first, so you saw Jack sort of distorted before Jack came through, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it was true. Neat. It was really neat. These guys are talented, these Deloise boys. Yes, they are. So, in the gate room, Ham and Apophis meet. Uh, they did meet once before in the pilot. Okay. Well, Apophis was, you know being intimidating. Yeah. Uh, and Apophis demands Kelma or a sanctuary. Yeah. Um, and Jack- Not Kalima. He's not trying to steal anybody's heart like in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, and Jack guesses that it's because he got his ass kicked. And Apophis demands Kelma again. He doesn't know how to ask for things nicely. No kidding. So instead of locking him up, Jana points out that he's going to be dead if we don't get him to the OR now. Right. I do love Janet's approach through basically this whole episode. Yeah. She's like, I'm a doctor. It's my job to fix people. He's, she's like, I don't care what's going on. Yep. Uh, this is my patient. <laughs> right. You can do all the arguing you want. I'm just going to be over here making sure he stays alive because I'm yeah. a doctor. <laughs> um, Hammond does allow that, uh, but to keep him under heavy guard. And Hammond has a lot of questions, and he needs to be alive to answer those questions. Um, That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Very fair. And so in the OR, we learned that both femurs were smashed. He had lots of internal bleeding, but he's stable for now. Um, and even the symbiote is injured. Holy moly. Badly. As in dying and cannot help the symbiote, which will in turn kill the host badly. Wow. He's been tortured, uh, and Sam flashes to when Jolinar was being tortured earlier in the season, and she's pretty sure Apophis was tortured the same way. Wow, um, yeah. And there's quite 
a view of the legs and braces and strapped down and... You see a lot of stuff. but There's all these things happening and Apothecary is clearly hurt and injured. But so here's the thing that struck me. she He's being tortured the way Julinar was. Yeah. So there's someone out there bigger. Yeah. The bigger bad guy, for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, we learn who that bigger bad guy is. Um... In the episode. Okay. So, in the briefing room, we learn that Apophis is dying, mm-hmm. uh, and Janet is pretty sure that the, that, um, you know, as, as far as she can tell, yeah, he's, he's gonna die. Yeah. There's, I can keep him happy, but, or, like, calm and, and pain-free, but he's gonna die. I'm gonna take half a second here to distract, because I know what we're talking about. It's very serious stuff, and Apophis is not in good health, but I have not mentioned it yet, and I think this is the second episode where we see it, but Janet's haircut <laughs> needs to not happen! I know that everybody had his hair in the 90s, and this was a thing, and this was what you did, but what happened to Janet's long hair? Dr. Janet, grow your hair up. I like it better. That's all. <laughs> um, so we, um, <laughs> I, I apologize for the distraction. Um, but, but back to Apophis and his dying in yes. all this situation. <laughs> but once Jack hears that he's going to die, he's just like, good. <laughs> when? Yeah. How quickly? So it could be days or weeks. He's um, like, I'm going to grab some chips and yeah. watch this happen. And this is going to be a show that this I'm is, going to. I'm about, let me grab a folding chair. It's like that yeah. little gif of like, well, this going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sam points out that the torture method wasn't designed to extract information. It's purely execute a painful, painful execution. Um, and Jack... Just wants Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack wants to know what Apophis knows. Um, and and he wants to know what he wants because he's not buying sanctuary. Right. And But Daniel says he gambled that we would show compassion to even our worst enemy. And he was right. Right. And Jack says that the only compassion he showed is not blowing his head off. <laughs> well, that's true. That's, yeah. Jack's not one, like, to sit here and feel compassionate for people. No. At the end of the day, he's like, I have enough compassion to where I need to have it. And then I set boundaries. You are on the other side of my boundaries. <laughs> this no is a line. You, you yeah. crossed the line a while ago. Yeah. Well, I'm done being compassionate. I'll have used up all of my compassion points. <laughs> I have none left for you. Go fuck yourself. Basically. Um, so Jack points out uh, that he's seen powerful Gould offer service to the, to, like, basically become slaves to their conquerors to save their own life. Right. Uh, and he's like, we may not be his conqueror, but, and Teal'c smiles at this, uh, we were responsible for his downfall. That's true. Teal'c takes some satisfaction throughout this episode. There is a face <laughs> on Teal'c throughout this entire episode that is just... He's just this, pleased. The slightest little smirk just on his pleased face. Just everything. It's just <laughs> good feels for Teal. Um, and so, there, you know, when we destroyed, or the SGC destroyed the ships around Earth that caused a feeding frenzy, basically. Mm-hmm. Blood in the water and everyone's vying for power. Sure. Teal, again, just loving all this shit. It's like, yep, um, about that time. Yep. And Jack just wants to beat whatever information he can out of Old Snake Boy and then toss him back to the sharks. <laughs> And Hammond points out that it's not really that easy. He's basically a prisoner of war right now. That's which, true. And Sam points out that, you know, there's there's also the host who's innocent. 
which Jack doesn't want to hear about right now. Right. And he's doubt there's anything left of the host. I love Hammond. You know, Hammond is really smart in the fact that he knows these truths. Yeah. He's got these things that are truth. Yeah. And he's like, well, everything can relate back to these. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're dealing with an outer world present, this this extraterrestrial uh person and, yes. and there's all these things that have happened that he's done but ultimately I've got this guideline to go off of yeah. and it works here so yep. <laughs> that's what I'm going to go off of I love that he always brings some sort of sense of reality to the situation and I also like Jack is so I guess caught up in, in his feelings he's just whenever someone's bringing up something that might chip at that theory he's like no I don't want to hear it yeah, anymore I can't hear your, your logic right now he's like, because he I want to like, live in feels but there's a host and Jack's like just don't tell me that part right now yeah, I, I don't want to hear it yeah. I'm not thinking that part yeah <laughs> enough of your rational thoughts yeah and Hammond has been ordered to get the information that he can and so he wants to know when Apophis is awake and mm-hmm. the meeting dismisses and Jack tells Sam that he should have just shot him. Yeah. They're on the planet. So Jack is watching Apophis from that infirmary watching room. <laughs> yeah. The observation room of the infirmary. I'm waiting for a junior mint <laughs> and anyone who's watched Seinfeld <laughs> knows where I'm going with this. I am not. There's, I'm not there's a Seinfeld a, There's an episode where Kramer is eating junior mints in the uh, watch, in the viewing area of an operation room <laughs> and then a junior mint falls into the person being operated on. I believe they die. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to pull out the junior mints. I there is glass at least here. That's true. That's oh, you just want it for the reference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want him to pull out the box of junior mints. It's not, <laughs> anyway. Jack, I could see being possibly a sign, maybe yeah. a Seinfeld fan. Well, yeah, if he's going to get any type of humor, he's going to be into like that cynical kind of like sarcastic. Well, I know he's, a, we know he's a Simpsons fan. That's true. Yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, and Janet, uh, and he ends up telling Janet that Apophis is awoken and she goes to hear him whispering something. Jack's like, don't get that close to him. And Janet's like, no, it's fine. I'm a badass. Right. And he's he's tied up. What the fuck do you think is going to happen to me? Janet's like, I'm not your child to take care of. I'm a fucking doctor and a military professional. And this is my patient. Yeah. Who do you think strapped him up here in the first place? Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> Basically, I trust what I've done. Uh, I, I can imagine that she was the one yep. that was like, She's this like, is, this is tight these. enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently Apophis wants to talk to Jack. Mm. So he tells Jack that he's dying. Jack's heart's bleeding all over the floor. <laughs> Carrie style. Uh, but Apophis wants to live. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like... Can't help you there. That's Sorry, be- bud. He's like, that's between you and your God. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you are your God. That's a problem. Yeah, he is milking this for all his And life. I love how nonchalantly, like, Jack is just like, you are a piece of shit. Yeah. And I don't want to be talking to you, but I'm taking satisfaction at this. Yeah, this is so much fun right now because you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... You know, uh, Apophis says that, you know, he's he's worth saving the, you know, and the Tauria primitive. You're going to be destroyed. He's willing to give all the information, all the knowledge of the ghoul. He's saying everything he can to save his own ass. In exchange for a host. Jack tells him to go to hell. Right. And that a single human life is worth so much more. Oh, yeah. 
and, you know, it's worth risking an entire world over, and that's why they call us the good guys. Yeah, yeah. Ap- yeah, Apophis is basically like, you're willing to give everything up for one person's like, yeah. Yeah. Because not only, yes, that's what we do, yeah. and two, every human life is worth more than your shitty-ass life. Exactly. That's basically what we're saying to you right now. So, eat a dick, and <laughs> peace out. Yeah, bye. <laughs> and Jack just turns and tells Janet to let him know when he dies. And that kind of jars Janet a bit. You know, Janet, yeah. this entire episode is, is I feel, on a third side. So you have the Apophis side who's just like, let me live. Mm-hmm. You have the, like, there's a lot of sides, I think. There's a lot of, there's I love. a lot of people got it, hoping for Apophis' death, finally. There is, but I, I like that there's so many facets. I feel like you have every response to how to handle this situation yeah. among the SGC Because you have Janet, who is like, he may be your enemy, but this is still a person. Yeah. And I need to keep him alive. And the fact that you would just be hoping for his death stuns her doctor half. Yeah, I think we need Janet's point of view in this episode to keep us human. Yeah. Because she is the only one who can't, who's like... She hasn't been personally affected by Apophis' yeah. wrath, so to speak. And then you have... And so she's the only one who can speak to, like, hey, this is still a life. Yeah. And you have Jack's half, who's just like, you deserve whatever death that comes to you. You are a right. piece of shit. And yeah. I... You are a bug that I want to smush. Yeah. Because you get that, and, you know, later on we get Tilk's point of view. Yeah, we, we get, get Tilk's that's just like... View. Who's just like this rejoice. He's like, it's going to be amazing. I've been waiting yeah. for this. I'm going to dance on your grave, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have Daniel, who it's a much more personal. Oh yeah, much more personal. And and even Sam's approach is not as 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 closely tied to Apophis as Daniel is, no, or as Teal'c is. But she's got this connection now with Jolinar, where she's like, "Oh, I know what you've done." Well, I find Sam's interesting because later on, and and I was going to touch on this. She's still like. I can talk to him and just ask him for this information. That's, yeah, she and still sees this she, mind of things. She starts as someone who is like, no, this is still, this is a prisoner of war. Mm-hmm. We can't do this. And she ends up, I feel like, flipping by the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, no, we just need to send him back. Yeah. Like, we need we to protect can't. ourselves. Exactly. Yep. So, I like, and then you have Hammond who is, you know, hamming it up here. In, uh, <laughs> yeah. In, in just, like... He's following the rules? He's following the rules, and he's like, you know, we need to treat this with what we have. You know, he is... He's an enemy, but he's a prisoner of war. Yeah. He's we going need back this, to the Geneva Convention yeah, for this we, one. Yeah, we need this information out of him, but we're not going to torture someone to get this information. Yep. And, and so, you know, we still need to... And I think Hammond understands... I think... I think Jack and, and you know, the others... I think especially Jack understands on an intellectual level that there isn't still an innocent person involved with this in the host. That's true. But on an emotional level, he has a hard time. Because, yeah, there's there's so much dissonance there that he's like, I cannot think about this yeah. person. I have to focus on the other shit right And now. I think Hammond is, is like, it's his job to take the step back to see it as a larger picture. And sure. he's like, we can't torture him because there yeah. is... We and, can't and I torture think, just the symbiote without torturing the host. Yeah, and, and I think because Hammond is taking this approach, it gives 
Jack this ability, this this kind of out to be a little, little yeah, to be a little more yeah. aggressive, a little more emotional because yeah. he knows that Hammond eventually will. Be and we that have fail the safe. balance of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I think if we did not have Hammond around, Jack would find a way through this yeah. and find a way to be the yeah. the voice of reason, so to speak. So as Jack leaves the room, he calls out the name Sokar. Uh, a powerful ghoul who has who the Tauri have helped become strong. Mm. Uh, he's not going to rest until Apophis is dead, and that's why he came here. If he dies, all of Earth dies too. Well, um, and at this point, I'm like, man, that's a bluff. Yeah, I, that's how I feel about Apophis in general. It's like yeah. you're just a big giant bluff. Um. So we cover this, I think, literally in the next scene. And I, I was doing more, going to do more research on this before I realized that Daniel basically does my entire sure. history according yeah, to Stargate in the next scene. Um, but, you know, Sokar is is also like sort of a deviation or you can also compare him to Satan. Sure. Um, the ancient Egyptian god is Seker. And he was, that may not be how I pronounce it, I apologize. Okay. But he's a funerary god. Okay. Um, so, so there is death involved with a lot of yeah. this. Okay. So in the next scene where Daniel tells us all of this, we pan up from a skull, just because <laughs> I guess it's a cool Why prop. Not? I'm yeah. sure there's some symbolism there somewhere, well, but it's a know, really cool he prop. Was, uh, he was doing a little bit of Shakespeare earlier yeah, yeah, in the yeah, episode, yeah. so he needed a skull. And we're in, we're in Daniel's <laughs> office, and Teal'c explains that Sokar was once the ruler of the system lords, um, but there was an alliance that formed that took him down centuries ago, wow. and leaders in that, in that alliance were Apophis and Ra. Mm. Everyone thought that he was dead. Clearly not. <laughs> um, the the picture that that Daniel had up on the screen, I originally saw it and thought that it was Horus because there was a falcon head. Okay. But apparently it can also be Secker because he had uh, the same sort of falcon he had, but he was usually wrapped up like a mummy. Okay. So... Um, Daniel says that his name is really old in Earth mythology. He is one of the most feared deities in ancient Egypt. From what I saw, and I could be wrong, but it seemed like he wasn't necessarily a feared deity, but he was just because he was the funerary okay. um, deity, he was... Not so he's associated feared. with death, but yeah. not like a scary death. Type yeah, of that's what it kind of seemed like. Um, the, it's the original god of death, right. um, according to the Book of the Dead. At one yeah. time, he ruled the whole earth, and his lands were inhabited by serpents. Okay. Um, and Daniel pops up an image of what looks like a crude drawing of an Unas, okay. the first hosts. So huh. part of his underworld was filled with lakes of fire that where the wicked were thrown in as punishment after torture and mutilation. So hell. Okay. Yeah, the original Satan. Wow. And and I love the Jack's like, well, isn't that special? <laughs> and I immediately go, well, isn't that special? Yeah, he's clearly watched a lot of SNL this time. <laughs> and at that point, we get an incoming traveler. This is time. So, so essentially, to wrap up a little bit what Daniel's telling us, if this is correct, please let me know. Yeah. So this is... There's a bigger bad guy than the bad guys we've met. And the bad the this essential like this this lineup of, of, of guys that we've met got together to yeah. take him down. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's basically where we're at. Yep. And they're all and he's kind of uh, based on these ideas of a, a keeper of death. Yeah. Okay. So it's one of those things where, you know, he, he may or may not be sort of like a worse bad guy, but it's more of just like all the other ghoul 
formed a coup. Right. And, and took, took him, him down. Gotcha. So it's, he, it could be worse. He could be so bad that the gold that we thought were bad thought that he was even worse and took him down. Or it could be complete politics. Right. And they just. And this, this is just the one that they decided just, to take out. Exactly. Gotcha. So. Okay. Um, in the control room from that incoming traveler, uh, Hammond orders the iris closed. Sure. It's not someone they're expecting. The we This is where we get that awesome follow the guards running down the hallway with a steady yes. cam as they're yeah. in the gate room that I loved with their weapons armed. And this is cool. It's a cool new perspective on this guy. Yeah. And it's like a much more action. I, I don't know. I just really, I think I just liked it. I, it's caught because it is, it's such a different shot. Okay. Than what we have. It's, 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 like a, it's it. a little less camp than yeah. usual. It's a little more like this is aggressive. Exactly. And, and like, yeah, I dig it. Yes, I'm for it. Um, so the gate starts up and there's a significant thunk and the gate shuts off. Sam says that they can figure out what it was by the radiation and the decay signature. And in mm-hmm. the meantime, Jack just wants to get back to the interrogation. Yeah. And since Daniel is the resident expert on SOCAR, he actually wants a crack at it himself. Yeah. Clearly, that's the only that's, reason no other Daniel motives. wants to uh-huh. interrogate Apophis. Sure, yeah. He's a, not a good bluffer or liar or hider of things, Daniel. <laughs> no. Not that no. one is not. Nope. Uh, so... A brief thing. There wasn't a ton to do about like science in this one, but okay. radioactive decay is is basically the the if you have an unstable atom, okay, uh, it, it will spit off energy. Okay, and that's what radio that's what that being radioactive yes. is is yep. when it spits off the because there's the nothing energy. to contain it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so when if it's single atom, it's really unpredictable. It's when it's going to throw off that, okay. that bit of energy, but. If you have a group, if you have a mass of it, it actually becomes fairly predictable. Um, that's the most common term people know in this type of stuff is the term half-life. Okay. And that you can basically track with pretty with pretty precision, like, the time it's going to take for a, a take something to decay half of its value. To decompose. To okay. spit off half its value is pretty set. You just don't, you just can't predict which atom is going to go Okay. type thing. Gotcha. Um, so that's so you know it's going to lose stuff, but you don't really know how. Or, yeah. Okay. Got it. And so you know things like you know Madame Curie's notebooks are still yes. radioactive to this point. You know they're still spitting off this energy. Got it. That's the stuff. Even X-rays and stuff. So know. and so the stuff that's all coming off that's radioactive decay happening. Yeah. Okay. Got exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. So, um. And and they they. They are just that way. Sam can send people down there, and by measuring sort of the radioactive decay and the the radioactivity coming off the gate, they mm-hmm. can take a guess as to what that thunk was if it was dangerous. Okay, and I'm sure at this so based point, based on what it's giving off, we can see kind of at, what it was. At this point, I'm sure they're also the few times we've heard thunks like that. It's been the Sagan boxes, so Got I'm it. sure that's when the things in her head is if is it one of the Sagan boxes? Okay, yeah. So, um, so in the infirmary, Apophis is awake and mm. beckons Daniel forward. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And he knows Daniel's name because of what they have in common, Amonet. Yeah. Here's here's a little more of the, this is your life, Apophis section of yeah. the episode. <laughs> yeah. Because we do get a couple of these. Yeah. <laughs> and and Daniel's like, Sharae, not Amonet. <laughs> yeah. Go uh, fuck yourself. And <laughs> Daniel keeps his composure fairly well here, but it's clearly a mask. Uh, oh yeah, but I do find it impressive that he 
he was able to hold it yeah, as well I, as yeah. he did. I think on the inside, he is crushing his yes. face yes. like the mountain yes. to <laughs> the viper. Yes. There's spoilers. Spoiler everywhere. Uh, Game of Thrones spoilers for those of you who for didn't like get the reference. For like two seasons, yeah. two seasons ago. <laughs> but that's, in his brain, I yes. think that's what he's doing to Apophis. Yes. Apophis eventually taunts him enough that, that Daniel just throws out an I know where your child is. Yeah. That Harrow didn't take him, that I did. Uh, and it takes much satisfaction for Daniel to let Apophis know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this actually affects Apophis a bit. As well as Daniel is able to keep a mask, mm-hmm. Apophis' mask is failing as oh, this yeah. episode progresses. And, and what a great little glimpse into the power that Daniel can hold. Yes. Into like the you know the Daniel is usually our our, our guy who's our, our humanitarian. Yeah. He, he 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 his degree is in the humanities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It really like he is a, a person of the of people yeah, he's, of understanding he's people. He's the heart of the show. Yeah it's heart and peace and, and understanding and love and all these things. What a great glimpse into what the other side of a human like that can hold. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, those this of us that do work there... some of the darkest Daniel we've seen. I, and I, I kind of love it. Yeah. sometimes you need that. And, yeah. And you got to let it out in little vents like that. Or else you can't continue to be that person. Well, it's also... I find it amazing because... Because... Of the the side of Daniel that we normally see uh-huh. when he does switch into this dark Daniel, yeah. it means more. And 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 guess what? It's just more proof. Again, Daniel is human. Yeah, he is a human. He is not a gullible idiot. He's exactly. a smart guy. He is. Yeah. You know, when you get fully formed human, when we get some, when we get, if you got a scene like this from Jack, as we already have, when uh-huh. we get it from Teal'c later on, it's impactful. But it's we've seen that from yeah. them before. Yeah, we haven't seen. We don't. You don't get this. Yep, from Daniel. Very Daniel often. threatening to kill someone. Yeah, he stands and believing that Daniel it's, just it's, might do it's, it. It seems a little. Um, it's less primal. There's yeah. a little more intellect involved. Yeah, which to me makes it a little more serious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I dig it. Yeah. Because um, when Teal gets there, Jack gets there because he's very in touch with this primal aspect of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, Jack mad. Jack happy. <laughs> Jack pissed. Jack excited. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. little more like that. Whereas Daniel's always in his intellect a little bit more. And so when he gets there, it's like, man, it took him a while yeah. to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually after Apophis can compose his mask again, he brushes off saying that he has no use for the child now. And instead starts taunting Daniel more about Sharae. Yeah. Which leads Daniel to lean in very close and tell him that if, if Apophis doesn't tell him where Sharae is at, he will kill him right here. Mm-hmm. Which Apophis doesn't believe. Yeah. And this is where Carter, in an impeccable timing, or lack of impeccable <laughs> timing, walks in and says that it was the Sagan box that hit the guy, right? Hey, guess what, guys? Let me talk about something completely unrelated. Yeah. Uh, he's Daniel, sort of call, like trying to calm himself, bring himself down, his blood pressure down in the hallway, which is when Sam's no like, kidding. "It was the Sagan box that hit the iris, it, the one from the Tokra." <laughs> um, this entire scene, Apophis has what I call Star Trek lighting on his eyes. Oh, in the original <laughs> series, most of the time, if you had a single shot of like a female, there would be like a highlight in her eyes. Oh, and this whole scene, Apophis had just a highlight across, across the his eyes. eyes. That's interesting. Because he was just eye acting. Yeah. Because I have to give uh, him mass credit. 
Like, he strapped and couldn't use anything but his head You to kind act. of only have this the face in, acting. Exactly. Yeah. It's incredible face acting it's here from Peter Williams. With, with, with Jack from last episode. It is. And face com- acting. A completely different, like, re- acting restriction. Yeah. But I will say just as impressive. Sure. Except for it. that pain scream you get later on. <laughs> yeah. That. That one pain Let's scream. Let's just wait till we get there. That's <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that breaks it for me. But... In the control room, Sam tells Hammond that she is certain that it's a Tok'ra box. She can't obviously be certain if the Tok'ra wasn't the one that threw it at the gate, but yes, it's a Tok'ra box. <laughs> and um, it is Martuf and the two others that we don't know and don't care um, that walks down the yeah. gate. Because Hammond does open... When Martuf another- and then some randoms. Yeah, yeah. Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jacob is conveniently dealing with some more pressing matters, so he can't be here. Right, uh, yeah. And- I, I do love that they address that, because I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, where's Sam's dad? Exactly. He would be the logical person to come right, here. Right, right. And, and yeah, I can see Martuf coming, because Martuf wants to get some. Yeah. But yeah, he, does. he would bring the in-law with you. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Martuf says they know that they have Apophis, and they have to return him now. Uh, and then we get a scene just of Teal walking into the observation room in the infirmary and mm-hmm. looking down at Apophis. Oh, yeah. We know this is coming. This yeah. is coming. A nice little lead in there. Yeah. So in the briefing room, Martuf says that he has learned a lot from Jacob about Earth, about the Tauri. You know, he understands things a lot sure. more. And he he's I guess he's able to trust a lot more, mm-hmm. which is nice. So it turns out the coordinates to the planet that they thought were from the Tok'ra were not from the Tok'ra. Yeah, that's not a good thing. The only other option is from Apophis himself. Hey, he's is, strapped up in a room downstairs. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we get Lantash speaking, and he does not understand why Apophis would do that. He hates the Tal'ri. He has no use for any of us. Jack points out that, you know, he was just trying to take us down right. with him. It right. was... Using himself basically as a grenade, kind of. Um, And Lantesh says that he's taking advantage of our weakness. And Sam says defensively that she doesn't think it's a weakness for bringing him back here. Lantesh says that we're all fools to turn him over to Sokar, but Hammond says that we can't do that yet. Yeah. Lantish is kind of a little pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit pissed off and cannot speak in anything other than anger. Well, he's 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 pissed off, but he's like, I can't comprehend you at all right now. And there's almost this sense of weird... I, I don't know how to say this. It's like this weird jealousy almost. Like, why is Apophis even attacking here? You guys are so weak. It's uh, yeah. There's almost this sense of like, he should have attacked us because we're the more threatening opponent. Yeah. It's very strange. I can't quite place what that was, but it feels there. Like, you guys are so inferior. Why is he even doing this? We should be taking him on. Yeah. That's, I get a little bit of that out of him. And Lantash has this little speech about how we're all gonna die because we're stupid for not handing him over. Uh We'll all be killed. You know, he'll be killed eventually. Yeah. We hand him over, but he's already dying. Right. And he's aging from the lack of sarcophagus. Um, and we're going to try to get him some information out of him before he dies. Right. Lantesh still doesn't understand any of this shit. The yeah. SGC and Earth are in danger. The Tok'ra cannot defend us. And Jack shoots back that we didn't ask or expect them to. Right, right. Again, it's the sense of, like, we're not your little brother. Exactly. We're not your little brother for you to come out here and protect. Yeah. 
Martuf then comes back after a few very tense moments in yeah, the room. Yeah, this part, I'm so uncomfortable for Martuf. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, it's fine. He just gets like this from time to time. It's like, okay, this is like, if this were like a boyfriend, girlfriend situation, I'd be like, no, you gotta get your, your person in check here. Yeah, yeah. This is not You need okay. to have a discussion. Yeah, and, and, and I feel that you're unsafe. You're in an unsafe place. Do you need help? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in he, Martuf's like, look, we can't force you to do anything. Yeah. We can't convince you <laughs> of the danger. So he's like, can we at least see him? Sure. I love yeah. how Martuf is like, I have to be much more peacemaking because yeah. my, my symbiote is kind of a dick. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> my symbiote is an asshole. Here I go to make some reparations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so in the infirmary, Janet is giving him morphine sulfates. Uh, okay. A shit ton of morphine. Yeah, we'd seen that was a giant, like, that seems like it would kill him. Yeah, you know, my experience with morphine, it's like tiny little drips of morphine. This was like giants. I'm hoping that the, the keyword sulfate here means super diluted. I'm... I don't know. <laughs> I could be... I, I looked into it a bit. I couldn't find if morphine sulfate meant diluted or not. Uh, yeah. But I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. Because um, otherwise she's like, I'm just going to kill him now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Exactly. And died. You'll at least sleep first before yeah. you die. You're going to feel real good and then real dead. <laughs> <laughs> One right after the other. Um, <laughs> but she says that since he's been tortured and he's going through withdrawal from the sarcophagus, he's in a little bit of pain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Martuf is confused. He's the enemy. Yeah. Why are you? And Janet's like, he's my patient. Yeah. That's How why. many times do I have to explain <laughs> the way doctors work? There's a physician's thing that I need to keep. There's an oath. There's that like I an took. oath that I took. Uh, that yeah. I got, you know, it's important. I feel like after this episode, she's gonna find a copy of it, laminate it, and like blow it up <laughs> and put it on her door. Just memo it to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Just blind copy all. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches. And here. she's smart enough to blind copy and not carbon copy. Yeah. 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 Because she knows how to work. Emails. That's right. Email. Um, education for y'all out there. <laughs> and Apophis, Apophis is in a lot of pain and calls out for Amonet, his love, which oh, gets... Fuck you, dude. That, which we yeah. cut to Daniel, and then we cut to Jack, and then we cut to Sam. Uh, and this is where Apophis cries out in pain mm. in... I'm, this is the one... This is this, like the five, the ten seconds of the scene that I'm gonna cut out. This is the cry of pain of an actor who has clearly never experienced pain because I'm like, what the fuck is this sound? What is this sound? That look, real pain, when you cry out in real pain, you don't have the energy. <laughs> no. So it's just like this guttural animal yeah. Yeah. sound that yeah. escapes you yeah. more than it is an actual noise that you're well, trying to make. Here's the one to play devil at devil's advocate okay. for a second. My thought here is because he's he's like he's like half in half out. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if he's not actually crying out in pain of physical pain, but more of just crying out and I just want to scream at you fuckers for a yeah. second because you're pissing me off. Okay, you know what? I can kind of try and deal with that. You know what I mean? Because I think it's just like what is this noise? I, I want to say it's kind of a mix of the two. He's in pain sure. and then it's pushed him over the edge of like sometimes you just get in a room and you just fucking scream into a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say this was it, but he can't get a pillow over his That's face. Fair. Although, to be fair, Jack would probably help yeah, him out with yeah, pillow over anybody, his face. Yeah, you can ask anybody in that room to pillow your face for Except you. Except for Janet. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, and when he finally, though, comes to, 
There's no ghoul in his voice. It is a very, very scared voice yeah. calling out, Simue, Simue. It's the host. Yeah. Who we've never heard from. We don't get a name at all. It's um, just kind of to show you how weak Apothesis has yes, gotten. Yes. And um, Jack tells Danny to talk to him. He's like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I've never like, seen Daniel so at a loss yeah. for words before. I'm like, you're the one person in this room that speaks ancient Egyptian. Yeah, and you are probably the one person who could understand how to comfort someone. Exactly. You're the, you're the humanitarian of the bunch. The, didn't we just say you're the heart? God yeah. Damn it, go heart go, something. Go have heart at this. <laughs> Captain Planet cannot form without you. I was going to say, what was his name? Oh, uh, who was heart? It wasn't... The dark-haired Yeah, kid. it wasn't Kwame... Because he was Earth. No, yeah. It oh, was. I'm gonna, oh, I'm going to go insane. Continue. Okay. I'm going to okay. find it. Okay, yeah, because I need to know that. Anyways, um, and before Daniel has anything to say, the host passes out. Um, but Daniel's just kind of baffled. He's spent thousands of years trapped in his own body. It's it's the most literal and pure nightmare. That's true. Yeah. Um, let's take a minute and, and think about what that would be. It's yeah. just this eternal prison. Yeah. And Martuf has seen enough. He's ready to leave. Uh, and there's another incoming traveler. Everyone's coming. Fun fact I never realized that makes total sense that Morphine was named after the Greek god of dreams, Morpheus. Yes. I, for some reason, just never quite put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what happens when you're on Morphine. It's like, shh, shh, only dreams now. Yeah. No words. Sleep. Just dreams. Sleep time. I actually, I will share one story of... Uh, might have been the first time I was ever given morphine. We know that Grace has a medical history. Let's just leave it at that. But there was a time where the only option was like, let's just give her some morphine until she's in uh, at least less pain for us to do things at oh, her. Yeah, and so I, I still remember that story. And I was I was uh, being moved out of the ER, shipped from the ER into a room, and they started the morphine drip. <laughs> and I sat up on my bed and, and my friend Jen was walking with me and I said, I feel nothing. <laughs> and apparently sat up in the bed and had an entire conversation that I do not remember. I remember saying, I feel nothing. And that's when they were like, only dreams now. Shh, 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 just go back to sleep. The only thing close <laughs> that I have is the, the one time I have a lack of medical history. The, so the one time I've ever had to go under anything like this was to get wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, yeah. That's um, pretty good that's good those are always good stories and so i was they like knocked me out outside three impacted teeth i had all four teeth taken on at once and they uh (laughs) i don't i remember it being a complete dream like i was in dream state i passed out mid-sentence about a star trek novel i was gonna read when i got back yeah (laughs) and i then just remember being the room was changing because it was a weird dream and i was trying to apparently communicate with my mom via sign language (laughs) i only know the alphabet and like five words in american sign language and so i was apparently just made up your own language away and then apparently i was tried to write something down and my mom has kept this. It is like some weird, like alien, hieroglyphic, hieroglyphic <laughs> like weird language that I'm sure somehow was beamed down to me sure, from, yeah. from... You were Anne Heche in the yeah, 90s. Yeah. yeah. It's just... It was some weird scroll work and it nice was... Work. some. It was the most weird elaborate dream and I remember <laughs> the dr- halfway home on the drive suddenly I realized 
oh, no, this is reality now. Yeah. Like, they wheeled me down, like, the longest three-mile hallway, and there was, like, all these weird shape-shifting doors. I feel like hospitals are not taking advantage of these opportunities. Yeah. Their hallways should be tagged up. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Although that might be worse, and that's probably why they don't do it. But how much fun would it be (laughs) if the walls were, like, not only already melting because you're on drugs, but if there was all this cool stuff on them to help the melting process. Yes. Anyway, I was pretty sure I was riding in a car that had no door on it because I was pretty sure my head thought I was like leaning out the door like it was a roller coaster as it was driving down. That's pretty good. Yeah. By the way, Hart was Mati from Brazil. Mati, yes. <laughs> and his. Uh, You're welcome. And he was. He had the little friend, the monkey friend. Oh, uh, I. Was it wasn't. Right? I keep wanting to say a poo, but that's clearly not a poo because I just assume all monkeys Sushi. are named a poo. Uh, he owns a pet monkey named Suchi. All I can Suchi. think of is Momo because I've been watching a lot of Avatar. The last <laughs> Momo. Uh, yeah, I watched okay, a lot of Captain Planet, guys. <laughs> Actually, uh, fun fact is I do a bit of geocaching uh, when we're traveling. And there is a geocache in Southern California that I placed a Captain Planet action figure nice. in. Nice. If you can find it, have Go fun. Go get it. <laughs> uh, so... Um, in the gate room, defense teams are standing by because this time they're not opening the iris. Yeah. And there's many thuds against it. Uh, Martouf is pretty sure Sokar's found them. Yeah. Yeah. Because their pilot saw you guys flee through the Chapa Eye and everyone among the Gould know the symbols to get to the Tari. Basically, this is, yeah. You which made a very, you left awesome. a trail of breadcrumbs behind you. Which is fantastic. I'm glad everyone <laughs> knows our address. Uh, and Jack is sure the iris will hold. As it physically bulges with all the thuds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, help me, please. <laughs> and then something starts appearing. The iris starts turning red, like a glowy red. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz himself yeah. starts to project on the iris. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe what we're watching. Um, and so the, the, the gate is too close to let anything reintegrate, but it might be just far enough away for subatomic particles to form. He's literally firing a particle accelerator at the event horizon Jeez. through the wormhole. And somehow that can include a voice as well as an image of his face. I'm not going to lie. I watched this a couple times to see if I could understand what all that meant. And then I went, no, I give up. <laughs> I, I'll ask Nixie. Um, <laughs> and so he claims that the Tari have taken what is his mm-hmm. and they will be destroyed. There you go. Short and sweet. And yeah. the image disappears. He's like, listen, I don't have time to mess around with y'all. Yeah. I'm just here to deliver this message. Peace. And then uh, the image disappears, but the gate is still heating up. It's yeah. still turning red. He can only keep this up for 38 minutes because that's as long as the wormhole can stay active. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he can just dial back and continue it for another 38 minutes. And this changes things a lot. And Hammond no goes kidding. to talk to the president. And Carter and Tilk this time are going to go talk to Apophis. So in the infirmary, Apophis is visually visibly older. Yeah. Um, but he won't speak. It's like he's been the president for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's not going to speak to the Shulva. And Listen, I want Tilk to go. you don't have a lot of choices yeah. here, motherfucker. <laughs> I just want Tilk to go, uh, you're damn sure. Well, you're going to. Yeah. No um, kidding. And, but Sam just wants to know how to defend themselves against the particle beam. And he's like, there's no defense. Tilk's like, that's a lie. Yeah. 
He's like, no, Sarkar used the weapon against Apophis too. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do anything. And Sam goes to get uh, Apophis more pain meds from Janet because he's like, I hurt more. <laughs> um, so now it's just Tilk and Apophis in the room. Right. That's great, a great, great idea, Sam. Yeah, this is an awesome thing great to do. Great idea to yep. leave the room, Sam. You, you know what? Why don't you just hand him more Zach guns while yeah. you're there? <laughs> Just here, I'm going to leave the room. Here's all the Zach guns in the Part world. Part of me was like, I want to say Sam was like, I know you need this. I'm going to go get Janet, even though I'm sure there could be someone else to go get Janet right. and I can see I'm in the room. I'm just going to turn a blind you eye. Probably, I'm just going to turn my back here. Yep. Um, you can get information, Teal'c. You know what we need. Have fun. So Teal'c has been waiting many years for this moment. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is... Be- this competes with the scene with Daniel as the best scene of the episode. I for agree, me. yeah, and it's um, another one of these apotheoses. Is your, it's kind of like these are, these are the moments where you're facing the penance yes. that you'll be paying. Yep. In a whatever afterlife you believe in. So Teal'c says he's been waiting many years for this moment, and um, and he's like, even if I die now, when all this shit with Sokar goes down, his people won their freedom. That's true. Uh, Apophis spits out that the the Jaffa will never be free. Uh, Teal'c says that this will be a holy day on Chulak. He, like, gets into this. Like, he is... Feels this. Is this going to be a holy day on Chulak? The day of your death will yeah. be the grandest day. We will all dance and celebrate. Yeah, and um, drag his... Yeah. Know, his, uh, his monuments in the yes. streets. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Apophis points out that they'll always be slaves to the Gould because they rely on the Gould to live in the larva. And Teal'c's like, you know what? Instead, we're going to use the symbiotes to live the same way go. that you used us to live. It's right. going to be a reversal of fortune. Boom. And the people of Chulak no longer worship him. They don't fear him. And the time of the, the Jaffa have come to, or the time of the Gould have come to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, you've lost. Ha yeah. I'm dancing around And Tilk takes so much pleasure in saying these things. And then Apophis says that he will kill them. Hmm. Um, but he's like, not... A lot of talk for a little guy in a, yeah. in, and, a bed, in a hospital bed. And, and Tilk's like, well, not before you tell me how to defend us. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, you know what? Then I will die with a smile on my face, knowing that the Shulva will die with him. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, Janik walks in with some pain meds, and Teal'c's like, no, let him suffer. Yep. Uh, when the pain is too much, he will tell us how to stop Sokar. He's not wrong. And Janik's like, yeah, I'm not cool with that yeah. idea, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong, no. It's, it's the, it's like... The, would be the most effective passive way of torture. Yeah, because it's like you're not doing anything to him. Yeah. You're not killing him. Mm-hmm. You're just letting him feel his feels. Exactly. There you go. So um, Apophis is like, you know, there's a time, Teal'c, when you have died for me. And yeah. Teal'c gets real close to make sh- real sure that Apophis understands that that time is no more and right. just walks away. Yep. And Apophis calls out, Jag gives him some happy meds, and Sam asks again about how to stop Sokar, mm-hmm. uh, asking Apophis, as if he was a rational person, how to stop Sokar. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Apophis senses that Sam was once possessed by a gould, right. and that she would make a rather excellent host for Sokar's new queen. Calm the fuck off. And Sam is like... I really, I was trying to be the one rational person you, talking yeah, to you. This was the one time that you almost had someone. And on now your side. you're lucky that I'm not stabbing you in the yeah. eyeball. Yeah. 
Because I um, can't. <laughs> the one thing, going back and rewatching this, this entire scene, I was not distracted, but noticed the continual clenching and unclenching of Christopher Judge's jaw. Yeah. Like, he was trembling with hatred. He, and he was just, real like, into this scene. Oh, yeah. He was so into it. The entire, uh, the entire episode, the smirk that he kind of carries throughout yeah. this, like, just disgusted contempt like yeah. every other word that you can use or he's like fuck you dude yeah haha <laughs> this is you now he's yeah. just everything in it yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely jaw acting <laughs> some of us do face acting Chris Judge just takes it even further acting. just yeah. jaw acting yeah yep uh, so in the gate room, uh, Siler is throwing liquid nitrogen at the iris because there's some quasi-dangerous, horrible thing that has to be done. So, of course, it's Siler doing it. Yeah, this. of course, poor Siler is doing it in in his, like, I must space ball your- uniform <laughs> of, like, what is this bullshit uniform they give him from, like, a hundred years ago? Well, listen, there is a robot in a 1940s <laughs> yeah. science fiction something yep. that we, yeah. Um... <laughs> But this this liquid nitrogen's doing like nothing. No, it's no. it's it's hot in there. It's another day of shit. Work it's doing nothing. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so in the control room, they're going to try and dial out as soon as the gate disconnects. Mm-hmm. They but they don't even get to Chevron three before Sokar is able to dial back in again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as Daniel, and that happens just as Daniel is saying, the one thing I'm worried about it's a, this thing that's that's happening right here. Just, shut up, told Daniel. Told, told shut you guys, up. Don't say anything. Just wanted to tell y'all that I told you. So they have to wait 38 <laughs> minutes again. Yep. And that may be the last chance to dial out because at this rate, no. The yep. windows are already covered in condensate. It's already a jungle and shit's just going to get hotter. Yeah. Bad. So we cut to the briefing room then where there's also steamy windows because they really need to stop letting people make out in the gate room. No kidding. Jeez, guys, what is this? Like the, the Titanic <laughs> in the back of a car somewhere in steerage? <laughs> I'm done. It's already 130 degrees in the gate room, which means the iris is six to eight times that temperature. Holy farts. Yeah. Um, Martouf says that they'll come by ship if they have to. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Sam is fully on board with the let's send Apophis yeah. back to wherever the he came from train. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, and Jack's like, well, they can't do that with Beezabub hanging out at the door. <laughs> yeah. I will get to that in a second. Uh, and Hammond has uh, given been given new orders where to cease all medical intervention, which will end his life. Uh, mm-hmm. And the president and the joint chiefs think that the risks are way too much at this point to ignore the warnings. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of true. It's like, hey, the entire world is about to fall apart. Yeah. Otherwise. So they're going to they they're ordered to send Apophis's body to back to where they got him and hopefully that's going to be so car um and now it's you know hopefully now they're just not at the point that they've pissed so car off so much that that's not going to stop him mm-hmm. uh and sam's been working on a faster dialing sequence so they can try it out in 17 i thought they said 14 but maybe 17 minutes uh, oh. I don't know if I just wrote that number down wrong. Yeah, that's okay. It doesn't really matter. It's three whole minutes. A little bit of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and not very many minutes. So, another sign that Jack is not an idiot. Right. That he is well-read and educated. Yeah. Because he calls Sokar Beezlebub. Yeah. There's many pronunciations of this. I know it as Beezlebub. Sure. Um, but it's another name for the devil. Right. Uh, 
He's actually in Christian demonology. He's one of the princes of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, no one does demonology like the Christians, <laughs> mythologically <laughs> Listen, speaking, do. Yeah, like, they, they know their shit. Yeah. Um, but there, so the seven princes of hell is were based off the seven deadly sins. Yep. And Beelzebub is gluttony. Oh. On that same list, uh, Lucifer is pride and Satan is wrath. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Um, And in the Infernal Dictionary, uh, there's like an official Italian name for that, but I'm not (laughs) going to subject you to the torture of me trying to pronounce that. Uh, It's which is a a, like well-known book on demonology from 1818. Okay. There's a one that's more. I feel like we just walked into an episode of Supernatural. Yeah, I know. (laughs) There is a more. There's a version from like 18. 50 or 1860, somewhere on there, that's actually illustrated. Okay. That's sort of the more well-known version of it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But it describes him as a demonic, giant demonic fly, also hey. known as the Lord of the Flies. Um, <laughs> I also read some stuff um, that, that I couldn't really make heads or tails of, at least well enough. You know, the, they, they say that you really know something when you can explain it to others. So sure. I couldn't, Not well enough to explain. Yeah, I, gotcha. I couldn't figure this out well enough to explain, but I, there's there's something about him being a later variation of a god known as Ball. Okay. As in Bocce. <laughs> well, now I'll have to look up that guy. If anybody out there knows anything more about this, I would love to hear it. I am interested now. Wink. Um, so in the, uh, infirmary, Apophis is still getting older. He wakes up and Jack says that they're sending him away and it's Mm. just the host again. Uh, and Jack calls for Daniel at this point. Right. And the control room, we see that the temperature is over 170 degrees Fahrenheit. Is that even livable? Like, can they even be in that room? When you're guarded up as a robot, you can. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure when a firefighter goes into a burning building, yeah. it gets, okay. temperatures get up there. So. Gotcha. Um, you don't want to stay a long time in there or anything, but you want to have protection. But. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. Hammond's like, he's like, I can't keep my man in the gate room much longer. But Sam's like, they have to until we can dial out again. Yeah. But the iris is like bright red at this the point. The iris is like, help me, I'm and on it's fire. it's just like steam and shit. Yeah, that poor um, iris is having hot flashes. Yes. <laughs> so in the infirmary, Daniel is translating for the host. He's been in an unending dream. Mm-hmm. He hoped when he woke up, he would see his wife and children again. Uh, we learned that he was a scribe in the Temple of Amun at Karnak. Okay. Uh, but that was before this whole nightmare started. And yeah. now he awakens just to die again. So this man has been around for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, for essentially. thousands of yeah. years as a host for Apophis. And, and what is... It's tough to even think of that because we're so busy hating Apophis that you're like, holy shit, this man's been in prison. I keep coming back to this idea. And at that point... I want to kill them just to free this poor man. Exactly. It's it's at this point. Just fucking kill him. At this point, there you know he's he's going to he's going to die. There's, yeah. There isn't a way to save him. At, like an actual reality, there's not a yeah. way to save him. So you're like at this point, it's just there's nothing for you. And no. even if there were, let's say we say let's walk this through. Let's save this man. We kill we kill the gold. We kill Apophis. He is what's left for you? Yeah, the his world mind, you existed in is nothing. The the one thing the one if there's any hope to mm-hmm. to put this man's mind at ease and to bring this man's mind mm-hmm. back from the literal depths of hell that it's been in for thousands of years. 
I can imagine the one place that he could go that he could find some solace is not on Earth, but actually having Daniel send him back to Abido. That's true. To be yeah. with Kasuf, because at least then... It's a little closer to what he knows. It's, it's, it would, I'm sure it'd be easier for his mind to, to find some sort of peace yeah. in a culture that he is more familiar with. Yeah. But... But then you spend your time pining for this wife and child, Lula. If, if, if there is any way to save this host, I cannot imagine how fractured his mind is and, I think and the, yeah. how long it would take him to find any sort of peace yeah. in his at, life. At this point, it almost is like a mercy kill. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's just, it's letting him, and as, as Daniel points out later, it's letting him go back and be with his right. wife and children. Very fair. Um, and Dan, this is where Daniel tells him in, in Egyptian, well, he translates the letter for yeah. everyone else, that he will speak the words of power and do the rites, and he will be returned to Egypt and buried with honor, and he will pass through the seven gates, and he will see his wife and children again. Uh, and unlike Apophis, everyone has full empathy for the host. No kidding. Like, even Jack is smacked like he can't deny yeah, the innocent that host anymore. Yeah. So Karnak uh, mm-hmm. is is a name that is familiar for most people. It's a massive uh, temple complex that okay. was one of the main places of worship. Oh. I forget when I neglected to look up the like the era. Okay. Um, for how many you know the got it yeah, but, but we know it was in ancient Egypt. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, I, I, yeah, I can't remember which like through which dynasties or anything like this okay. or which kingdoms. Um, but Amun was the main god worship there. There, I think there was, in Karnak, there was three, there was like four or five main temples, but the temple to Amun was the largest. Okay. Um, it's about three-fifths of the way up the Nile, down the Nile. Um, if you're looking okay. at a map of modern Egypt, it is like three-fifths of the way down Got south, it. I guess, which is up the Nile because it runs the opposite direction. But That's right. Um... So it's the second largest religious site in the world. Um, And it is the second most visited historical site in Egypt. And if you saw a photo um, of the... It's I forget the name of the chamber. It starts with an an H. But you, you would recognize... The, okay. the the precinct of the of the temple of Amun, it's it's these huge massive stone pillars. Okay. There's just like hundred like it seems like hundreds of these massive stone pillars that kind of remind me of the mines of Moria. Okay. Um, and it's been actually featured in, in a fair amount of movies and things like this. Oh, cool. It was in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Okay. The final battle between Optimus Prime and Megatron happened there. I, I feel like I remember that. Yeah, The Mummy Returns was there. There's levels of a couple Tomb Raider games that happened there. Right and on. it's also in The Spy of the Love Who's Loved Me. Okay. Some James Bond Just action. Just a little trivia for me. Now I feel like I want to go back and find that too. Yeah, so it's, it's, it is the, the Temple of the Moon. It's like... The height, oh, I just blanked on the name of, hold up, if I can look this up. It's, um, no, I thought I had it here. It's, but it's this huge, oh, wait, here it is, sorry. It's the Hypostyle Hall, Hypostyle Hall, that's probably pronounced wrong, but (laughs) this, it's the, when you see it, it's it's a picture that a lot of people have seen before that I'd recognize. It's, it's, to me, it's one of the most recognizable um, historical sites after the pyramids and the Sphinx. This seems like it's the next high, it's the most recognizable place. It's pretty, yeah. So this is where, yeah, this is where Apophis's host 
um, was taken from. Basically. Yeah, where he worked and where he lived. Like he was, he was a priest. He worked in in you know a holy yeah. site. Wow. So, um, but in the control room, they're about to lose the computers from the heat because it's over two hundred degrees Fahrenheit now in yeah, the gate room. Yeah, computers don't like warm temps. No, they're not at all. But it's just one more minute so they can dial out. They're just hold on computers for yeah. one more minute. Did you, you do the thing that I do at work a lot where you just go, come on, computer, <laughs> yeah, hold pet, it together. Pet the computer. Come on, you can yeah. do it. You can do it, computer. I believe in you. They're so needy. <laughs> uh, so in the control, uh, back in the infirmary, sorry, read the long little bullet there. Back in the infirmary, Apophis calls out for help weekly. Jack's like, no. And he calls out for a host. Jack's like, no. No, you get nothing. And he finally says that he's afraid. Here's what you do in that situation, Apophis. Ice cubes. That's the only <laughs> thing that you will get from anyone in that circumstance. And that's only because it's for the host. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been there in a hospital room. You're, you're dying. You're weak. You're yeah. just, you can ask for anything you want in the world. They're not going to give you anything but ice cubes. So just yeah. ask for ice cubes. <laughs> that's all. Um, and after he, he admits that he's afraid, he sort of violently dies, has yeah. a couple death rattles. Jeez, yeah. Um, but that's actually just the ghoul. The host actually lives for a bit longer. That makes sense. It's yeah. like his immune system died, but he still has a minute yeah. more. Yeah. So the control room, the gate is finally shut down and they start to dial out. Mm-hmm. We're going back and forth here pretty quickly. So yep. back in the infirmary now, Daniel has a small statue that he tells the host that it's a funerary statue that will carry his last breath and a soul back to Egypt. Yeah. Cut to the gate room. We're still dialing. Thankfully, he has all these artifacts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like, somebody go Very find lucky. a quick funeral statue. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and back to the infirmary, Jack stands around very uncomfortably, just sort of pacing back and forth. Sure. While we see the host finally pass uh, and we pan back to the statue. Okay. Um, I will say this. I didn't notice this earlier in the episode until we get to this scene. And okay. he has a few stitches in his lip. Oh. None of this talking would be happening this easily. I know this from experience. <laughs> I've had stitches in that location before. Yeah. It is not that easy <laughs> to, to just... Like, you can talk. Your whole lower lip is like, whatever lip has the stitches is not moving. Yeah. Like, you can't move it. Not, and I imagine not without causing and major it's pain. Way also. more swollen than that. Yeah, I believe that as well. <laughs> so I was like, those stitches look like they've been in there for like two weeks if yeah. you're able to talk that well. <laughs> and stitches He's are in for two weeks. Super awesome healing ones. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I've, I, this is the one thing medically that I can say I've had that I've one. I've been there. That That's one doesn't not happen real. like that. <laughs> So in the control room, uh, they win the race of dialing, and they're able to dial out first. Yeah. And Teal'c then quickly leaves to go get Apophis, and the gate is just steaming. Yeah. It's just like, I'm done. I was like, Teal'c, you don't have to race that quickly. You have 38 minutes. Yeah. You'll be all right. It's going to be okay. <laughs> um, and so uh, Teal'c comes to tell the rest of the guys that Sam was successful in dying out. They just covered Apophis's face. And then Teal'c then immediately goes and uncovers it because he has to see yeah. the death for Absolutely himself. Absolutely he does. As much as he's been through, he's like, I, yeah. I cannot believe it until I see it with my own eyes. So in the gate room, Teal'c carries the body up to the gate that's all wrapped up. Slowly passes through the gate, which apparently can hold something up in the air. <laughs> That part was like, they were playing light as a feather, stiff as a board again. I was like, what is up with Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. And the Stargate's playing with him. Yes, it is. Because you need that other person. (laughs) And the Stargate's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand it over. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. board. (laughs) 
Um, once it passes through, Teal just immediately turns and walks out of the gate room, <laughs> as does Janet. And done. And yeah. done. And they're like, now we wait. Hopefully Sokar didn't actually want him alive. <laughs> Although, at this point, Martouf's like, well, you know, he does have a sarcophagus. Yeah, Martouf, we don't need to hear this part right now. Everyone's like, oh, fuck. And he can just resurrect him from yeah, the dead. And torture him. And just keep torturing him as long as Do he wants. Do whatever he wants. And Martouf's like, yeah, this is a thing that can happen. Everybody's giving him this look like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I know. We're just trying to make sense of it all. This is the part where you go, or not. Or, or not. Or not. Maybe he just won't kidding. do that. Just <laughs> nobody think about that anymore. <laughs> but of course, Martouf's like, well, he deserves that, doesn't he? Shh, 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 and everyone's shh. just is looking elsewhere, yeah. nowhere but at Martouf. Yeah. Just like, oh, God, dude. Just I don't really know what to stop, think of this stop right now. Stop telling us the truth right now like this. <laughs> um, and then uh, Mar- in, the, in the control room, Martouf gives him cord- the cord to send him and the other Tokra that we've never <laughs> talked to. Yeah. Um, and he gives them a Tolong communication device because he's right. like, yo, we're friends with them. Yeah. They're exchanging numbers. And this way you can contact us. Yeah. Um, and so because everyone's being friends, Jack gives him a GDO because yep. we're super trusting sure. everyone now. Yeah, that's how it works now. Um, and apparently I did read uh, something in an interview with Peter DeLuise was saying that apparently the fake body of dead Apophis was uh-huh. so fake. <laughs> it was so rigid that they actually broke some of the limbs oh, on geez. the body so that's a little bit floppier. <laughs> yeah, that's that... God, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just break some limbs. Although I wonder if it had some sort of weird, like, uh, visceral, like, um, therapeutic effect. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, I will say, though, we did kind of skim over this last part. Uh, at the end, uh, Sam takes Martouf. Yeah. And she goes, come on, let me show you how the GDO works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I did this twice and I couldn't help doing it. But she walks out of the room and as she walks out and says, let me show you how this works. I had the urge to scream in my pants. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, yep. I, and I rewatched the episode and, and I did it yesterday um, uh, with uh, boyfriend Jesse was in another room and I did it again. Yep. Therefore, she must have done it. Yes. Because if it came so easily to me twice. Yep. She's clearly taking him to show him something in her pants yeah clearly the end clearly <laughs> so next week we're gonna look at holiday which i find just a ridiculous fun episode because oh, we need that right now. oh no we get Holy moly. we get the opposite of this episode i will tell you that much right that's now that's perfect um, we get holiday it's a holiday from all the fields <laughs> um, but we need that yeah so does this go anywhere on your list of top five? You no, know, I think it does. It's, it's interesting. I don't know where my head's at, but right now my list uh, priorities are changing. Okay. So I think I'm going to take Touchstone off the list and I'm going to push Prisoners and Spirits down. I didn't have Touchstone on your list. Oh, good. Period. That means I've already done it. Okay, yeah. cool. Then it's going to kill Prisoners and Spirits. Okay. And it's going to go in fifth place now. Okay. Done um, and done. This doesn't go on my list. Um, okay. It is a it is a finely acted. Um, uh-huh. um, I think with your with your blessing uh-huh. for the face acting, yes. we can give Peter Williams the Terror Award this. Oh, this week I'm totally good with that for the for the the I can only act with my head. Well, especially acting because, and I'm not going to look at you while I say this. I imagine we I'm may drunking. not see him for a little while, so I think it's okay. He goes out with a Terror Award. Look I'm at for this, it. This coffee is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is dead, right? This coffee's really good. <laughs> so, 
Uh, yeah, it doesn't quite go on my list. We, gotcha. we don't have any of our main people death counts. We don't have, a, for crying out loud, we do not have a Peter Delaby's cameo yet, so we have nothing to add to our counts. But we did name Startoween. We did name Startoween, which will be <laughs> our generic desert planet. <laughs> Remember it fondly <laughs> until you get sick of hearing it. <laughs> that will never happen, surely. No. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. And you can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. It's like a theme. Yeah, hey, it's almost like There's No Place Like Tara is what works. <laughs> I also, for those of you that listen on SoundCloud, I use that entire phrase as a search word if you ever have a hard time finding it. <laughs> and it always says, Are you sure that you would? Yes, 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 put it in there. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, this is a thing. <laughs> Alrighty, so we will see you next week when we are looking at holiday. Let's do it. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Holiday. Celebrate. Okay. Be so nice. <laughs>